1. Colossians chapter 1. I'll read this to you out of the... Uh, well, I'll start with the King James, then we'll run over to the Amplified, and may even look at a couple of other translations. Look what Paul says here. It's very interesting. Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 23, he says, If... Now, notice that. There's an if there. If you continue in the faith. Are you continuing in the faith? Well, you say it, but are you? You know, it's the doer of the word that's blessed. In fact, hold your place here in just a minute. Go me to Romans chapter 10. You can all quote it. Sometimes we just need to look at it. You know, we have a tendency sometimes, people that come out of a church background like what we're here, that we have here, we call ourselves people of faith. And that's nice. That's good, if it's true. But do we walk by faith? That's the key. It's not what we call ourselves. It's what we do. Notice what Paul says here in verse 8. What saith it? Romans 10.8. The word is nigh thee. That means it's close. It's near. Notice where? In thy mouth and in thine heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Now, that's how you tell if you're a person of faith. If you want to call yourself a faith person, that's fine. But here's what we have to do. Word's got to be close. It's got to be in your, in your heart and coming out of your mouth. If it's not in your heart and coming out of your mouth, it's not going to do you any good. That's where it has to be. So when we go back now to Colossians, when Paul says, if you continue in the faith, well, how do I know if I'm continuing in the faith? Is the word in your mouth or in your heart and coming out of your mouth? That's how you know. And if it's not, make some adjustments. And we all have to do it because we all get a little lazy. Now, I know our president called our nation lazy. He was wrong. <laughs> Better not get into politics because I have opinions. But who really cares about my opinion, right? If you continue in the faith, now notice, Grounded and settled. And again, the way it gets grounded and settled is when it's in the heart. Because we all know that we can have faith in our head. We can have the Word in our heads, but it's got to get down into our heart. Now, I am convinced of one thing. Anybody that's been attending this church for, for a season of their life, and especially those of you that, that have made it a, a steady diet of coming to healing service, You've got the Word in your heart. Don't ever say you don't have faith. Because he said if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. You've got faith. If you've heard the Word, the faith is there. we just got to activate it. we got to get it to working. And, of course, again, that's with having it in your heart, which you do, and begin speaking that with your mouth. But now, again, let's go back to this. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled. Now, notice, and be not moved away from the hope. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is good. Bible faith. How do I know if I have hope? Are you expecting? All Bible hope is, is great expectation. If you're in faith, you're excited. Yeah, but I don't feel excited. Well, quit going by how you feel. Let me give you a little phrase. I keep telling it to be very recently because I'm telling it to myself. I'm not moved. By what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. 
I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by the Word. And you're going to have to say it and say it. And when you are beginning to be moved by what you see or what you hear or what you feel, then double up on it. But you're going to have to say it. Don't think it. Faith, because you've got to activate your faith. Faith comes by hearing, not by thinking. You've got to activate it. Notice he says, And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which is the good news. No, notice, Which you have heard. How's faith coming? By hearing. Which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Now, one of my favorite translations, or it's not even a translation, but of this is the Ben Campbell Johnson. Now, listen to this. To fully experience this restoration. I like the word restoration because we're being restored back to what Adam lost. It was already made available to man. It belongs to man. It's our heritage. It's our right. And he says here to be fully, to fully experience this restoration. You must continue in the faith with resolute determination. Do not veer from the hope sparking you by the good news which was proclaimed. Ah, that's something about that word sparked. But sometimes, you know, you hear something and think, yes. We walk out of the room and we forget it. Because Satan comes immediately to steal. That's, you know, Satan's got a job. Just accept the fact. He's got a job. He's got to do his job. Now, we're not under his control. We're not under his dominion. So let him go do his job and whoever he wants to do it. But it's not going to be me. And it's not going to be you. Now, we'll help others if they want to be helped. But they've got to make that decision that they want to be helped. And some of them, unfortunately, don't even believe that there's a devil. So don't be moved by him. Don't let him rattle you. When you're walking by faith, I promise you, he is going to do everything he can do to discourage you, to get you into doubt. To get, he wants to steal your faith. And if you just know that, if you know in the natural there's an enemy, a thief, coming to your house, you know he's coming. You know what's going to happen. Well, you're prepared for it. I mean, you're going to go ahead, first of all. You're going to, you're going to probably put board, board, bars on your windows. You're going to lock up your house good and tight. You're going to be prepared. And just, even though you know he can't get in, no way he can get in, but you're still going to be watching because you know that he's coming. Well, spiritually speaking, accept the fact. He's coming. And you may defeat him for a season, but I promise you, he'll be back. So always keep your guard up. And don't be moved by what comes against you. Because again, he's trying to steal your faith. Be resolute. Be determined. We'll look at a couple of uh, different examples of that this morning in the Bible. But they overcame because of their faith. Because they didn't quit. See, I think what happens sometimes with, with, with us that are, quote, people of faith is we stand and we stand and we stand. And when we don't see the result when we think we should, and I don't think the Bible says when it is going to come to pass. See, that's not our responsibility. That's the Godward side. The manward side is to be a doer of the word. Godward side is to bring the manifestation. But real faith, real faith, real faith, Believes you received when you prayed anyway. So why you move by when you're going to see the manifestation? Because real faith says, it's already mine. And the reason that it's that way is because in the kingdom, 
There's no time. There is no time with God. A day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. If you have a loved one that you've lost that's went home to be with the Lord, they've only been there a little bit. I mean, just moments, a few minutes, in their sight. They could have passed, and it might be 20 years before you go home to meet with them. To them, it's just been a day or two. Seriously, that's what it is. We don't know enough about heaven. We need to know about heaven. You've got to have faith in heaven. If you know about heaven, you wouldn't be the least bit concerned about dying down here. Not the least. So I'm just going to pass on and go to another place. And when you have that attitude, guess what? There is no room for fear. There's no room for fear. And if I don't have fear, then what do I have instead? Faith. Look at this out of the message paraphrase. The message says, you stay grounded, in verse 23, you stay grounded and steady in that bond of trust. Now listen, constantly tuned in to the message, careful not to be distracted or diverted. We've we got to become people that are so focused. Now, you don't get consumed with what you're believing God for. You get consumed with the kingdom. Being about kingdom business. Now, there are times when the call, the purpose, the plan that God specifically lays on your heart. And he lays one on every one of us. But when he specifically lays that on your heart, there are times to fulfill that plan, that purpose, that kingdom business that he's called you to will have something to do with what you're believing God for. Example, let's say that uh, he's called you to go to a foreign nation but yet you have a physical infirmity that would maybe uh, be detrimental to you getting there. Well, then you're going to have to get focused on your healing because that's part of, the, part of what's required to fulfill the plan. And there's nothing wrong with it. But don't be, don't be afraid to go to God and be real honest with Him and say, Father, Your Word says, plead your case. He loves that. He does. He just, I think He smiles when we go to Him and remind Him, Father, Your Word says... See, you're never commanding something or demanding something of him. The commanding and demanding is done of the devil. But you can put your father in remembrance. Because what happens when you put him in remembrance? You're putting yourself in remembrance. But notice what that message says. That bond of trust. See, he sent his word and healed you. Every one of us are dealing with things in life. Every one of us. But his word says he sent his will, word and he healed you. That's, there's no moving from that. You don't move from that. But you're going to have to be, again, look at the, uh, the uh, look at the Amplified, just, uh, I'll read it to you. And this he will do provided that you continue to stay with and in the faith in Christ. We could say in the Word. Remember what Paul said? This is the Word of faith which we preach. It's the Word of faith. So faith really is the Word. Now look what he's saying here. Provided that you continue to stay with and in the faith in Christ, well-grounded and settled and steadfast, not shifting or moving from the hope which rests on and is inspired by the glad tidings, which you heard, which has been preached as being designed for and offered without restrictions. What's he saying? I don't care what stupid thing you did. 
that could cause the infirmity that's upon your body? This is without restrictions. He knew you, would, you and I would do stupid things. You've got to remember, the healing took place 2,000 years ago. <laughs> Long before you and I were here. The only thing, the stupid things that we do causes, one, the devil uses it against us to try to bring condemnation. And number two, it affects the confidence that we have. That's why when, when you use 1 John 1, 9, believe it. When you've missed it, yes, we need to repent. Father, forgive me. When you ask him to do that, he does it. I think the problem is that it's so easy, it seems anyway, so easy to repent that we think, well, I've got to do more than that. Because look at this thing that I did that caused this problem. So I've got to do more penance. There's more that I have to pay to do that. No, you don't. That's what's called mercy. <laughs> And it's available to us. Mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. And it belongs to us. Go with me to um, Colossians 1.13. 1.13. Set a little foundation here. Now notice here. Who hath. That's past tense. That means it's already done with, right? Who hath what? Delivered us from the power of darkness. Let me tell you something. Maybe this is news to you. You're free. You're free of the enemy. You have already been delivered from the power of darkness. Yeah, but Pastor Craig, you don't know how much he's harassing me. Tell him to leave. And believe it. Just tell him to leave and believe it. See, sometimes I think we, gotta, we think we have to lament. And we've got to continue to bind him and continue to cast him out. He's just playing games with us. Remember the story? You've all probably heard of the Smith Wigglesworth. He was watching this lady that was going on to get on the bus, and her little doggie was following her. Shh, shh, get back. And he, she kept going, shh, shh, get back. And finally she got to the bus, and she said, get out of here. He was gone. That's what you need to do with the devil. Just stamp your foot once or twice, tell him to get out of there, and act like he's gone. Because you've already been delivered from the power of darkness. It goes on and it tells us, and notice, that's just half of it, and has translated us into the kingdom of His Son. So my citizenship, your citizenship's of heaven. Again, what? I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I feel. Pain comes on your body, immediately you should be saying, I'm not moved by what I feel. I didn't say you don't get it checked out. But words need to come out of your mouth before you pick up the phone and make the appointment. First thing you do is the Word. Then you do the natural things you need to do. And again, you don't get moved by them either. So you make the appointment, you go to the doctor, you go to the specialist, you go to whoever, and the report's bad. Again, you listen to them, you might have to make some decisions. This is where we have to be led by the Spirit of God. But on this side of my mouth, not talking to my doctor, but talking to me, I'm not moved by what I hear. The Word says, by His stripes I'm healed. We don't quit with that. Now, we all have different levels of faith. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're all growing. So what I'm saying, if you have to go through some procedures, if you have to take some medication, do it in faith. But don't get into condemnation about it. Because it's not going to heal you anyway. Jesus is the healer. But it can aid the healing process. And at the same time, it'll keep you in peace. You lose peace, you've lost everything. You have to stay in peace. And you stay in peace 
by being in the Word. Isaiah 26, 3. In perfect peace, because I believe, or I'm, I'm, well, let me read it. I'm trying to quote it. Isaiah 26, 3. You don't have to turn it. I'll just read it to you. You can probably get there faster than I can anyway. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace. Notice whose mind is worrying about the problem. Whose mind is thinking about all the options. No, notice. Whose mind what? Whose mind is stayed on the... So, new covenant that we live under, whose mind is stayed on the Word. It's called Bible meditation. What Joshua tell us to do? Meditate on the Word day and night. All the time. You're thinking on the Word. And again, the best way to keep your mind stayed on Him and to think on Him is allowing it to come out of your mouth. The Phillips translation of Colossians 1.13 says, For He rescued us from the power of darkness, listen, and reestablished us in the kingdom. Glory to God, you and I have been reestablished. We are in the kingdom. We are king's kids. And finally, Philippians 4.13, and we'll look at, at some examples here. Paul says, and we can all quote it, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But listen to this out of the message. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. That's what that scripture really means. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything. You know the best place to be on this earth? In the will of God. That's everything. I like recently I heard, I heard a gentleman say this. He says, there's only two times, only two times that the devil's going to try to come against you. When you're in the will of God and when you're out of the will of God. So again, just put this in the back of your mind, not in fear, but he's coming, and I'm ready. See, the more you take these scriptures, whatever issues that you're dealing with, and really, we need to be feeding on all areas. We need to feed on healing. We need to feel on prosperity. We need to feed on, on relationships. We need to feed on these things because we don't know what he's going to use and when he's going to come after us. And the more that we have built into our heart, we have written on the tablet of our heart, the more we can draw from that's why it's so important that we're listening to the Word on a consistent basis. Because you, you don't know what you've deposited down there sometimes. But when you get into a... That's why it's called fighting the good fight of faith. When you get into that good fight of faith, there'll be things coming up to you on the inside, thoughts, ideas, uh, uh, coming up on the inside of you by the Holy Ghost that you don't even realize was down there. But glory to God, it's the sword of the Spirit. I, I was reading a devotion just within the last couple of days by, by Kenneth Copeland. It's an old one that I'd read years ago. And he was talking about a vision that he had, and he was, was in a church service. And he says he's preaching, and all of a sudden the back door opened up, and a big dragon come walking in the door. And he says, that thing was so big as it got inside, it just filled up the whole room. And he says, that old thing, he snorted, and fire came out of his mouth. And Brother Copeland says, it almost hit me. I went over, and I fell on the floor. And I looked over to my right, and there's Jesus standing there with a sword in his hand. And he's looking at me, and he's frowning. And he says, I know he's not happy with me about something. And I'm sitting there thinking, why don't you use the sword on that thing? 
And he says, I'm, as I'm laying there, looking at the dragon, looking over at Jesus, all of a sudden Jesus reaches over and that sword goes out of his hand and it's there in midair. Finally, he says, I got wise. I grabbed it. That sword, he said, picked me up off the ground and I took that sword like this and no more and hit that dragon's nose. And he said he split right in two and fell over, completely dead. And he says, I knew them. Man, that thing works. Why haven't I used that more often? And it was the sword of the Spirit. It's the broken word. It's the spoken word. Be quick to speak. Don't tolerate the enemy when he comes against you. And that's why we have to be people that are alert. You're in battle. You're in war. I know very well that people that, are, that were in Iraq, people that are still in Afghanistan, hey, they're, li- they're laying there sleeping at night, the military personnel, with one ear open and one eye open all the time. Because they don't know when it's coming or how it's coming. But they know it's probably coming. And that's how we have to live. And there's nothing wrong. And not in fear. In faith, knowing I got exactly what I need to defeat him when he comes. It's part of the life that we live. It's the part of the life we're privileged to live. So you're just practicing when you get to heaven. You're learning how to use... What do you think, you, what do you think faith is all about? Now, you're not going to have a devil to fight with in heaven, okay? There's going to be a devil. There's going to be in sickness and disease. Nothing negative. But I think if God's a God of faith, and Jesus was a man of faith, and we're created in their image and likeness, and we're people of faith... I don't think when we go to heaven, we're not going to have to use faith anymore. Now, my dad's going to be 90 in December, December 3rd. Physically, he's not in the best shape. Born again, barely. But no, you're born again or you're not born again, right? But he had no foundation of the Word. So I always tell him, I said, you're going to be my faith one-on-one class. You just want to learn how to use it down here so when we get there, we can really take advantage of it. But the other side of that coin is you remember something. There's a cloud of witnesses right now that are watching us. And there's patriarchs that they probably don't, but I'd like to put it this way, almost envious because they didn't get to live in the dispensation you and I live in. They didn't get to live where they became brand new creatures in Christ Jesus, having the same Holy Ghost in them that Jesus did. We need to make them proud of us. We need to use what we got. Let me tell you something. Every one of you in here, you've got it. It's the enemy that tries to tell you you don't have it. You've got it. You've got absolutely everything you need. <clears throat> don't be afraid to use it. And don't be moved by when you do use it or you do speak it or whatever, if it doesn't change right away, because the devil's going to test you. He knows you know it. He's going to test you, though, to see if you know you know it. And that's why faith never quits. I mean, I'll die and go to heaven with faith coming out of my mouth before I'll quit. You have to be that determined about it. And we should be. Because we got everything that we... Now, don't get under condemnation if you haven't been there. We're all learning this yet. Just say, today's the day. 
today. I'm changing today the way I think. Listen to a statement. I read it to be this morning. Let me see. I'm just reading my notes. The quality of our lives is not based as much on our circumstances as it is on our attitude toward them. Don't worry about the circumstance. What's your attitude toward it? Again, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what that Word says. And it has to line up with the Word. It has to. It has to. Now, go with me. Let's go over to Luke. Let's go over to Luke chapter 5 a minute. Let's look at it, several guys. Beginning at verse 17. You're familiar with this passage of Scripture. Luke 5, 17. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, I don't have the answer to this, but I asked myself this question earlier this morning. Why were they there? Why were the Pharisees and the doctors of the law there? Now, later on, they got critical about what he did, but why were they there? Were they there to learn? I don't know. wonder why they're there. We do know something. There were some sick ones there. Because it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them, so they must have needed healing. Verse 18. Behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. So they couldn't get in. It was crowded. So we know there was a lot of people there. might have been a small house, but still there was a lot of people there. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop, let him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst before Jesus. Now verse 20. And when he saw their faith. You realize Jesus sees your faith? You realize Jesus is still watching? He may not be on this earth anymore, but he's still watching. When he saw their faith, I think he gets excited when he sees our faith. In fact, I know he does. Notice, my man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, notice what they did. They began to reason. That will get you in trouble every time. That's why Proverbs chapter 3 says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Or we could put it this way. Trust in the word. Lean not to your own understanding. Understand it. Don't ever lose that scripture. Never lean to your own understanding. Lean to the Word. You lean to your own understanding, you'll lose your peace. You lose your peace, you'll lose your faith because you won't have the power anymore. You've got to have perfect peace. But don't lean to your own understanding. If you lean to your own understanding, you're not on the Word anymore. Do not lean to your own understanding. And you'll have to fight that. The only way you cannot lean to your own understanding, you're going to have to start to say something. If you were in the service last night, Pastor uh, Steve was talking about a a, a situation um, where there was almost a car accident when he was driving his uh, U-Haul from Mississippi when they first went to Ramah. And there was a lady in the car. I won't go through the whole. He, he said it was going to be a short story. I don't know what a short story with him is. Um, I'm going to ask him that one of these days. 
Because it was 15 minutes long. I'll make it short. Anyway, this car was spinning around. But now listen. His act of faith was, no. That was it. Did you ever notice in the Bible, Jesus doesn't use a lot of words? He didn't quote Scripture, 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 Scripture. You don't have to. You either believe the Word or you don't. It's the sword of the Spirit that's going to change it anyway. And it isn't quoting verse of Scripture. It's saying what comes up out of your heart. I think I shared with you this once before that B and I, was, uh, we were living in Iowa at the time. Snow had come and it was heavy and we were in the house. I'd made some coffee and we went out and decided, i got a lovely wife. She helps me shovel snow. But we're leaving all that glory to God. I'm out of here. Even gave away my snowblower. I mean, we're out. that's faith. I'm out of here. Had it given to me by somebody else that left. So. But anyway, we, we were out shoveling snow, so we decided we'd take a little break. And I come in the house to get some coffee. And I had some wooden steps that way. I walked down, and my, my rubber boots were gotten warm when I was in the house. I'm coming out carrying two cups of coffee. My feet go out from under me, and I came right back down on those steps like that in the middle of my back. Coffee right on me like hot boiling coffee. I mean, just hot coffee. Only thing that came out of my mouth. And see, I didn't have time to think Scripture verse. Now, as soon as I went like this, Jesus! Didn't get burned. Had a little bruise on my back when we finished shoveling the snow. But see, it's, don't get hung up on, well, what do I say? Because there's going to be times in your life you're not going to have an opportunity to think about what you're going to say. Just trust Him. You make those deposits down there. In your, see, He's more for you than He's against you. That's why the Holy Ghost is called the Helper and the Enabler and the Performer and the Strengthener and Standby. He's all those things, right? But notice, when Jesus... Now, notice. Now, was Jesus a man? Okay, He was a man, right? And we're created in His image and His likeness, Right? I mean, we're just like Jesus when he walked this earth. Yes, I know there's a deity side. But we were just like Jesus walked this earth. First John tells us, as he is, so are we in this life. Okay, I'm going to read you something. Now, remember, you all agree, we're just like Jesus, right? Look at verse, look at verse 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason in your hearts? Notice what Jesus did when he perceived their thoughts. You know, you can perceive people's thoughts. Yeah, you're looking at me kind of funny. It's a gift of the Spirit in operation. That's all it is. You need to expect that. Now, you're not going to know everybody's thoughts all the time. But when you get into a situation and, and somebody starts coming against you for some reason, you're going to be able to perceive why or what's going on. And it's going to give you understanding of what you need to do and get out of that situation. You're looking at me funny. We're like Jesus. Believe this stuff. We are living down here. And we need to live up here. And we're getting there. It's coming. It's coming. I promise you, before Jesus returns, we will live up here. And I'm also convinced we're going to go from down here to up here like this. It's not going to be any more this because the time's too short. 
That was a prophetic word. I don't remember who gave that prophetic Was that Brother Abram? I don't think it was. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was Keith Moore. Gave a prophetic word two years ago that says, the time is so short. I'm paraphrasing. God is saying, I don't have time to wait for my people to get to where they need to be any longer. I've got to begin to accelerate things. And some people won't be able to grow fast enough and we'll use them and it's going to cause harm to them. But I'll save them. See, that's like you having all the power that you need. That's the reason we have to, he doesn't allow us just to have whatever we say. Because sometimes we'd say something stupid. And he doesn't want us to have that. But we're walking into a day now, though, that the time's getting short and he's got some things he has to get done. That we will be, the power will be increased. So the more you know about this word, now don't get any fear in you because he's going to save you, so don't worry about it. But get more of this in you. But let's start walking at a higher level. Let's start believing more. Let's start acting like Jesus. Let's start talking like Jesus. Let's start having some faith. I'm talking to me just as much as I am to you, okay? But there's an area, the time is short. We need to walk in these things. And oh, the joy. I mean, there's no joy like seeing people, people saved, filled with the Spirit, healed and delivered. No joy like that. You can't experience any joy like that. That's what gives the Father joy. So we need to walk in these things. We're just like Jesus. Now, let's jump on. We've seen these guys. Four things. Four, four prerequisites to victory that we can see in this pastor's scripture by these four men. So I've got another one I want to get to. Number one, they made a decision. You realize not making a decision is making a decision? They made a decision. Success always begins with the decision to succeed. Number two, they were determined to carry out their... See, they went there with their friend to get him to Jesus. They weren't moved... Remember, I'm not moved by what I see. They weren't moved by the multitude and the fact they couldn't get in. They just regrouped. How are we going to get him in? We're getting this man to Jesus. And I'm sure he's telling them, guys, you told me you were getting me to Jesus. I'm going to Jesus. They were so determined, they tore up the roof. I don't know how they got him up there. I mean, they're on a roof, so they had to climb up there somehow. And he had to have just as much faith and trust in those guys because he was in some kind of stretcher or something to get him up there. But they made a decision, and they were determined to carry out. Then they disciplined themselves. Again, they weren't moved by the circumstances. And number four, number one, they made a decision. Number two, they determined to carry out that decision. Number three, they disciplined themselves. And number four... They were diligent. You know what diligence will bring you? A miracle. Diligence will always bring you a miracle. So whatever it is that God's laid on your heart, whatever it is that you're believing God for, you find your scriptures and you don't quit. Don't you give up. You, you might have to make a phone call. And it sounds like, well, they can't find it. They can't do this. They can't do that. No! I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He'll recreate it if he has to. You know, we were just down in Florida trying to find property down there. I'll keep this short. <laughs> we first got there. We, we hooked up with a realtor. 
And we've seen a piece of property we didn't care for at first. But that night, the realtor gave us an address of a couple homes and said, go look at them. So we drove by them. The first one we drove by, you're looking for property to rent. first one we drove by, something about that place, I liked it. I think it had to do with the name. But anyway, I just liked it. There was something about it, I liked it. And we looked at the other one, and then uh, we were talking to the real a little bit later, and we told him, well, we want to look at these two houses. And he says, well, I've already called, but he says, the one's already rented. The one I liked was already rented. So we go the next three days not finding anything, not pleased with anything. Finally found one that we kind of thought we were going to have to settle with. In fact, listed a whole bunch, a whole page full of things that we felt the landlord was going to have to do if we would consider getting this house. And we went back to our room. B didn't say anything to me. I didn't say anything to her. But later on, as we were discussing, neither one of us felt good about it. Just wasn't uneasy. It wasn't real strong. It wasn't what I call a real strong check in the spirit. But on the inside, it just didn't quite, something just wasn't right. That next morning when I got up, I got up early, got on my computer and started looking again for some more houses to look at. And this one house that they said was rented kept coming up all the time. I couldn't wait till 8 o'clock. Finally, 8 o'clock came. I called the management company, not my realtor, the management company that had this, and says, my realtor called about this house several days ago, and they said it was rented. Can you verify that for me? I said, all the house is open. I says, what? She says, hey, it's open. It's on the market to sell, but they're renting it now, but it's open. So I contacted my realtor right away, and he says, well, no, they said that was rented. And I says, all I'm telling you is what they told me. He says, well, let me check it out. About an hour later, never, never speed involved in these things, he gets back to us and tells us, I apologize. The person I talked to was an heir. They either got the wrong piece of property. Something happened, but anyway, they made a mistake. We should try to see if we maybe 4 o'clock this afternoon we can look at it. But anyway, to make a long story short, 3.30, we finally got there to look at it. And he says, I think you're going to like this place. They just delivered new appliances to it, new refrigerator and range to it. Totally repainted the whole place. I mean, we couldn't have asked for anything any better. But see, well, you don't quit. You don't take no for an answer. You've got to have bulldog faith. Now, it may not always come out just the way you think it's going to. God honors that. But again, you cannot separate the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And when, when you perceive down here on the something's not quite right, don't quit. He's your helper. Do, do what you can do in the natural, but also rely on Him. But be so determined. Be so disciplined about this. It's mine. Healing, healing is yours. Jesus died on the cross for it. It's yours. And don't accept for anything less than that. I don't care how long it takes. That's beside the point. And while you're fighting the battle and the pain that's there, use your faith against the pain. If you need medications, use your faith with the medications. It's all right. Don't let the devil talk to you and say, well, you know, you really don't have much faith if you're doing that. Well, I don't need much faith. It only takes faith to grain the mustard seed. See, that's how you need to talk to him. Always put him back in his corner because he'll run out of words before that you will because you've got the Word of God. Now, remember, he came to Jesus and quoted Jesus' Scripture. But Jesus didn't quit, did he? He just kept coming back. Now it's written. No, it's written. No, it's spoken. Let, let's take a look at another one. Let's go to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Glory to God. Oh, we are a chosen generation. Mm. It's going to get so exciting. 
And this year's not over yet either. It's not. Acts chapter 14, let's look at verse 8. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. And the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped, and he walked. Now notice some things here. First of all, we see something about this man. Notice, the same heard Paul speak. Faith comes by hearing. Faith came. Notice something else that it says here. Who steadfastly beholding him. The Amplified says in verse 9, He was listening to Paul as he talked, and Paul gazing intently at him and observing. I believe that the man was steadfastly looking to Paul as well as Paul being steadfastly looking to the man. The man, what happened with this man? He heard Paul speak. Something was sparked in him. Remember that scripture in Colossians, other Ben Campbell? Hope was sparked in him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And Paul seen it in his eyes. Paul's looking at him. He's preaching. And all of a sudden, Paul perceives, oh, he's got faith now. That's the time to act. When you perceive they got faith, that's when you act. There will be times you can perceive that you got the faith that you need for what you're believing God for. And excitement will come. I mean, you might be standing on the Word. You might have gone by a week, a month, believing God. You're quoting your Scriptures. One morning you get up and you're quoting your Scriptures and you're just kind of sitting there. And all of a sudden, there's just like a, an ecstasy or an excitement that comes about you. What that means is faith time. Now you no longer quote. Now you speak. It's mine. I've got it now. And you start rejoicing. You start shouting. Because what happened? You went around that thing seven times. And it's time now to shout because the walls are coming down. And you shout and you just get excited. And you stay there until you see those walls come down. Because they will come down. You don't quit. You can't quit on these things. People who live by faith don't quit. Now, I never said it'd be easy. But it is one of the reasons why you have to be able to surround yourself with people of like faith. You may have family that does not believe that you do. And just accept that. You're always going to have those things. So when you do, though, you've got to have somebody else that you can pick up the, the phone. You've got to have a faith buddy or something. If it's not your spouse, it needs to be somebody. B and I are very, very fortunate. we got each other. We keep each other built up. We fight with each other. But I've got other people. That I, I call Pastor Chris. I, I've got others that, that, that I'll get in touch with. They'll get in touch with me. You sent me an email. We were down in Florida, I think. it was. You sent me an email. He sends me an email. He doesn't know what was in that email. He thinks he does. He doesn't know what was in the email from my standpoint. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. See, sometimes you pick up the phone, you feel impressed to call somebody, and you do it. That's just what they needed at that moment. And it isn't always so much of what you say. Sometimes all you just have to say, I just want you to know that I'm hooked up with you or I'm standing with you. You'd be surprised what that does for a person that's standing in faith. Because right, if the Lord or the Holy Ghost impressed upon you to make that phone call. Guess what? He knows what they're going through. 
That's the reason you can never discount those little promptings on the inside. Be quick to act on them. We're, we all, we're all learning this. The Lord, yesterday I had to run something back to Costco. And I'm, I'm just coming back home. The Lord impressed upon me there was a man that, that we've been praying with. We've been standing in faith with him. It's a business decision that he's making. And the Lord just impressed upon me to call him. I called him, and of course he's seen my number come up in the name, and he says, Oh, Pastor Craig, he says, My gosh, you must be in tune with the Holy Ghost. I just needed to talk to you. And I said, No, I just, just felt impressed to call you. See, we're one in the body. I'm the little toe. He's the big toe. She's the aunt. We're all part of the body. So we've got to take care of the body, right? So have, have a faith buddy. It doesn't have to be somebody you're with all the time, but somebody that you comp- have confidence to know. You know you can pick up the phone. If I need something, I can just talk to somebody. Pick up the phone sometime and say, uh, Bob, Bob, would you tell me I'm healed, Bob? I know I am. Tell me I'm healed, Bob. What's that telling me? What's that telling Bob? It's telling Bob I'm fighting with this thing. I'm almost getting over into doubt and unbelief. So, Bob, thank you for telling tell, Just tell me I'm healed, Bob. Tell me, Bob, the answer's on the way. And what's Bob going to do? He's just going to start letting scriptures roll out of his heart. It's just going to build me up and encourage me. Because we're brothers in the Lord. I'll do the same for him. We need to do these things. Look at here. Notice, the Bible said he had faith to be healed. But notice, he wasn't healed. He didn't act on it. It took another member of the body to encourage him to act on his faith. Remember, you're not an island. You're not in this alone. You're only a part of the body. Sometimes it does take someone else to speak into us. I mean, I'll do it to B, she'll do it to me. You can't talk like that. Now, I don't do it quite that way with you, but I do with her. But she knows what I mean. And don't worry, she does it to me. Probably more firm with me than I am with her. No, he hadn't acted on his faith, but it was Paul's preaching that sparked that faith. And that's when you, you make a contact with that brother or sister in Christ. As the Holy Spirit prompts you, what you do, you're just sparking that faith in them. That's all. The faith is there. But you're just sparking that. You're encouraging that. You're, you're helping them get back in. See, one will put a thousand to flight and two what? Ten thousand to flight. So don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Now, don't puke on them. Tell them what all the problems are. No, just pick up on the phone and say, I just need to hear your voice. You know, I'm standing in faith. I'm believing God. Believe with me, would you? If they got any wisdom about them at all, they'll know exactly what's going on in your life. You're being bombarded and you need some encouragement. We all need it. And be sensitive to that, especially to those promptings on the Holy Ghost when the Holy Ghost leads you to, to contact someone. Now, James chapter 1. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up here in just a few moments. My moments are long. James chapter 1. Let's go to verse 22. These are all such familiar scriptures that we all know. And we just need to keep our, putting ourselves in remembrance of them. Verse 22 in James 1. Be doers of the word. Notice, and not hearers only. Now, notice. The hearer only is the person that deceives themselves. If you're deceived, it's your problem. It's your fault, I should say. And the only reason you're deceived is because you haven't been doing the Word. When the enemy comes to you and says, 
You know, I think, I think you're deceived. All you've got to do is ask yourself, well, have I been doing the Word? And you know you've been doing the Word? Then you say, no, I'm not deceived. No, I'm doing the Word. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. See, part of the good fight of faith, which a lot of people fail to realize, is this. Paul says, when you've done all, what? You stand. Now, you don't get lazy there standing, and you don't get... Uh, patience is you keep doing the same thing, you be consistent, you keep speaking the Word, but I'm just standing. I'm not being moved. You stand there. For if any man be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he's like a man looking into his natural face in the glass. We don't want to talk about him. We want to talk about the, the man that's doing it. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty, that's who you are. Notice, and continues therein. That means day in, day out. When you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. When it's convenient and when it's not convenient. That's what continue therein means. Yeah, but I, don't, I, I, I can't do it. Though. You can find time sometimes. As Pastor John said years ago, if you have to put a player in your bathroom, put a player in your bathroom. You can find time to hear the Word. And you need to find time to hear the Word. You can, you can always speak the Word. There's 24 hours in a day. On the average, you might sleep about eight. It gives you 16 more. You can find the time. If you want to. Being not a forgetful, notice, a doer, because listen to what he says, a doer of the work. It's work, beloved, but all the benefits that it pays. But it's work. Now, notice something here. Let's jump down to verse 26. If any among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Did you know that Paul said in Romans chapter 10, which we looked at earlier, faith has to be in your heart coming out of your mouth. Look what James now is telling us will deceive us. The mouth. Put a watch on your mouth. The pressure will get extreme at times. But put a watch on your mouth. I don't care what you're thinking. I do care what you're saying. Don't allow that negative thought come out of your mouth. Whatever you do, you have to put gray tape over your mouth. Whatever you have to, do not allow that to come out of your mouth. Don't allow anything to be said out of your mouth that's contrary to what God says about you. Well, I'm forgetful at times. Don't say that. You have the mind of Christ. I'm talking about anything. It has not even with what you're believing God for. Do not allow a word or an utterance to come out of your mouth that's contrary to what God says about you. He says you're more than a conqueror. When you don't feel like one, don't say you don't feel like one. Better thing to do is say like you do feel like one, but if you can't make yourself do it, then say nothing. And it's going to, requ- it's going to cause you to become a person of a lot less words. And really, learn this one thing. Discipline yourself to do this one thing. Do not be, James tells us this, do not be swift to speak. If you'll think about what you're going to say every time before you say it, you won't regret what you say. Let's finish up here. This verse says that if you do not bridle your tongue, it will deceive your heart. Matthew tells us, take no thought saying. 
when you say what you think, good or bad, you take ownership of it. Because the ear is the doorway to the heart. I'm not saying the first time you say it, it'll enter into your heart. But don't allow it to be said. You don't have to be concerned about it. Okay? Listen to verse 25 out of the message paraphrase. Whoever catches a glimpse. Now notice, if you have faith as grain of mustard seed. That's what he tells us in Matthew. Look what he says here. Whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his eye, or you could say his peripheral vision, listen, and sticks with it, is not distracted, he'll not become a scatterbrain, but a man or a woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. So what he's kind of telling us there, he's talking about here, catching the word out of your peripheral vision. I really think he's talking more so about the promptings of the Holy Ghost. He'll prompt you always in line with the Word of God. Sometimes it'll be so subtle. That's why you need to pray in tongues a lot. So you're in tune with the Holy Ghost. But when He prompts you on the inside, say something, do something, whatever the case may be, take heed to that. And if you're not sure, then just stop and say, Holy Ghost, you trying to tell me something? Talk to Him. He is your helper. He wants to help you. One last thing, I've got to get you out of here. Ezekiel 12.28 says, you don't have to turn there, Ezekiel 12.28, Therefore say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, There shall none of my words be prolonged any more, but the word which I have spoken shall be done, saith the Lord God. The word which he speaks, which he has spoken, he said, shall be done. Therefore his word that I speak shall be done. That's really what he's saying. The words you and I speak, his words that you and I speak. Those words will be done. Listen to this. Faith cannot be a feeling. It can't be an experience. It can't be a movement. It has to be a lifestyle. Understand this. Faith is well worth the wait. Because sometimes it takes time. You might be standing 30 years for something. But you know in the kingdom, that's only several days. It's well worth the wait. Amen. Father, we just trust we want the direction. Oh, Father, we are people of faith, Father. We are created in your image and your likeness as Jesus was. As he is, so are we. And Father, I, I just ask through the person of the Holy Ghost, you put such a determination inside of us, Father. Such a, I can do, we are, I can do people. We can do all things through Christ. Give us such a resolve on the inside, Father. A fighting spirit, Father God. Because we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers in this life. And Father, I thank you, Father. I thank you for these people of faith, Father. And I thank you for those that, that Holy Spirit, I ask you, to take each one of these individuals in here today. And if they're not already connected with someone spiritually, direct them to that right person that they can connect with, that can stand with them, that can be hooked with them. Because your word says, Father, that one will put a thousand to flight, but two will put ten thousand to flight.
So, Father, I thank you. I thank you. And, Father, we go forth today expecting, Father, knowing we are the chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God, created in your image and your likeness. And we are, Father, the example for others upon this earth. As they watch Christ, they'll watch us. And we give you the glory for that in Jesus' name. Glory to God.